0: Hi, I'm Jennifer Zollett. And I'm Larkin Bell. Welcome to our podcast, A Brighter Lens. Mm-hmm. This week, we have the pleasure of speaking with Anna Kerrigan, a Los Angeles based filmmaker with a background in independent film, digital storytelling, and theater. Hot Seat, which she wrote and directed, premiered at the 2017 Sundance Film Festival. She also directed The Chances, a digital series written by and starring two deaf actors, which also premiered at the 2017 Sundance Film Festival. We specifically chatted with her about her new film, Cowboys, which was a 2020 Tribeca selection, in addition to playing at Outfest, Frameline, Nashville, Newfest, and Leiden in the Netherlands. Anna won the award for Best Screenplay at Tribeca, and the film won the Audience Award for Best Feature at Nashville Film Festival. And since we chatted, Cowboys got picked up by Samuel Goldwyn, and will be released early next year. Enjoy our chat. Well, we'll start out. Can you just uh, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your debut feature film, Cowboys, that was selected to premiere at Tribeca?
1: Uh, my name is Anna Kerrigan. I'm the writer-director of Cowboys. Um, I What can I tell you about Cowboys? It's about a, a pretty messed-up dad who uh, takes his transgender son, attempts to take his transgender son to Canada where he thinks he's going to have a better life. Um, And it's set in Western Montana, which is a part of the country that I spent a lot of time in as like a teenager. Uh, So I have a very special place for it in my heart, but I'm originally from Los Angeles, um, studied theater in college, moved to New York, did theater and indie stuff, and then found my way back to, to film.
0: Oh, that resonates. That's kind cool. of, yeah, I feel that the LA to New York back to LA. Yeah. <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. Wow. Well, can you tell us a little bit about
1: the inspiration to write this story and where that came from? And kind of? Yeah, you know. it's actually, it is directly related to the New York LA corridor in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I moved around a lot. I grew up in LA, moved around a lot when I lived here and I had sort of like a, fairly unstable just upbringing you know Mm -hmm. and i had a very close friend whose family kind of adopted me and they would take me to montana and this part of montana just like burned a place in my heart you know as as a sort of escape and you know it was to me it's always been like this larger than life place it's really beautiful i fell in love with the people there um and at various points in my life i've weirdly been more nostalgic for Montana (laughs) where I am decidedly not from (laughs) than for Los Angeles or any given location that I grew up in as a kid. Um, So it's always been in there. And when I moved from New York to LA, when I moved back, uh, it was a a tough time. Like I, it, it was a big transition. I was leaving behind a lot of friends and I started to write in a way that I kind, that I had mostly given up since college, which was just super, super organic, no outline, no kind of sense of where I was necessarily headed. And it just started in Montana with this father and a son on a horse running away from something and, and the rest kind of just developed organically. So it's it's a long process, you know, like I I wrote and I wrote and I wrote and I just sort of let the characters reveal themselves to me through time and and I think it was you know, returning to Montana through my work was you know, me sort of searching for a place where I was comfortable. Hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um and And I've always been interested in the tropes of of westerns, though I don't really think the movie is necessarily a western. I like to call it (laughs) western-ish. Like the two lead characters think they're in a western, but they're not really. (laughs) Um, Like I loved the movie, The Last Picture Show, growing up, and to me, it sort of feels more like like that. You know, it's like very character-driven, and and yeah.
0: That's cool. So you, you filmed in Flathead National Park in Montana.
1: I, okay. Like I filmed in it? Flathead County, okay. oh, and um, which is like Kalispell, Whitefish, Columbia Falls, that area. It's just west of Glacier National Park. Okay. Cool. So we did a lot of filming. Um, you know, some of the locations were locations that I had been to as a kid that I wrote in like the Western Wear store mm. is on Main Street in Kalispell. Oh, wow. Um, but some of the places you know the wilderness locations we shot a lot in the national forest which borders glacier national park
0: okay so that sounds kind of challenging to shoot was it was it with there particular challenging parts of girl. all different-
1: girl <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i was there was one day when i looked at the the email came with the call sheet from the second id and and it said uh like just to give you all a heads up today we will have horses firing weapons children stunts cool, and animals on set and i was like and I, and you're when you're in production you're just like go 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 and like you can't really think ahead mm-hmm. and i was just like what the fuck did i write like what is <laughs> that was like a crazy and no self-reception it was yeah i mean there oh, were my. many ways it was challenging we shot the whole movie in 20 days um you know whenever you're working with a kid you're working with those hours Mm -hmm. and those limited hours um and we had two horses a stunt horse and a picture horse and yeah it was very like there were the ways that it were challenging were the ways that made it like a really exceptional like amazing learning experience like mm-hmm. i i at this point i'm not afraid to do anything you know you're like i've done it <laughs> i've done it we had and on our budget like we were really you know we shot it for not a lot of money and my producer was constantly like figuring out really creative ways that we could approach these problems that would have been a lot easier had we had more resources so like you know that The scene with Ann Dowd, I'm not going to ruin it, but the scene with Ann Dowd and Steve Zahn and, and, um, and Sasha Knight at the river, like in order to get across the river, we weren't allowed to go onto Glacier National Park property. So we had to rig up a pulley system. With a raft that we borrowed from a rafting company. And you know, we had like 10 crew members. Whenever anyone had to cross, you'd have to have people grab onto the rope and run down the shore to pull the raft across. Oh
0: my goodness. <laughs> that sounds like quite a yeah, deal. So
1: <laughs> it was amazing. So stuff like we were doing stuff like that. My producer Gigi like had a porta potty on the back of her truck at all times. And I mean it was that kind of production. Very like down and dirty. Yeah.
0: Super fun. Um, so with a story this personal, how did you how did you find your producer? How did you find financing for the project?
1: Um, well, I was really, you know, I had been working with another producer who I parted ways with last year, and I met Gigi through another producer recommendation. This girl, Gigi Graph, um, and you know, you're really on a project like this. I was really looking for a partner. Mm-hmm cause I know it's just, it's, it's, you know, it's my film and it's my life, but you're essentially asking someone else to make a similar sacrifice. Yeah. You know, so I, I met with a number of people and I just Gigi just has so much passion and um, commitment and was just, you know, we understand and talk about things in the same way. And she has a lot of compassion and, She's a she's an actual human. <laughs> what a concept. <laughs> and um I know what? She's amazing. I mean, it's like you need someone or at least I need needed someone who who I could also be vulnerable with and, you know, come to when I had actual problems and I think that's actually harder to find, you know, that yeah. that type of producer. Um who has the experience of like making something happen with no money. Mm-hmm. Um at the point of bringing her on, I knew that I could get a certain budget level from uh, this production company, Limelight, which is run by Dylan Sellers and Chris Parker. Um, but you know, she was going to have to back up into a sum. But she had the willingness to do that. Mm. You know, gotcha. I'm not yeah. going to tell you the sum, but let's just say Gigi Graf is amazing. <laughs> So Dylan, the financier Dylan and Chris, the way I found them was pretty random. I and I feel like this is you know, nothing is there is no typical story of how people get funding, right? It's right. like every single time is is random. And I remember before I got funding, listened to other people's stories and being like, They're so lucky, like how will that ever happen to me? That's just like pure luck, you know? Right. Um, I was at a screening of my short film, Hot Seat, which was at Sundance a few years ago. It was screening on the Sony lot. And this girl ran up to me after the screening and she goes, I I read the script for Cowboys. I think it's amazing. It's my favorite script. And I was like, oh my God, cool. Like, can we be friends? Like, I love it when people love me. Um, <laughs> and and that's that girl's name is natalie sellers she's also amazing and a producer in her own right um but at the time she was megan allison's assistant and she had worked at united talent agency where i'm represented and she had read the script when she was an assistant Mm. and her father is a producer so she actually passed the script on to her father and that's how he got the script
0: oh awesome cool cool story
1: i know and I think there's something nice to that because it's it's like a you know, a father child yeah. story and it was kind of sweet And like a daughter pass it on to her dad. Yeah. And they're both great. I love them both.
0: Awesome. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your the whole like Tribeca experience, kind of finding out that it had been canceled and kind of what's happened after and, and what might be the future for cowboys?
1: Sure. Um I was having a terrible day when i found out that we got into tribeca um i was literally i thought i had lost a ring on the beach with my dog and i was crying when uh my (laughs) my my agent making myself sound completely unhinged but it is the truth it was like a wonderful like ray of hope and on sort of a shitty day and by the way, I found the ring. It was in my pocket. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so UTA called me and they're like, "We got in Tribeca. and I was like, "Oh my god, amazing, amazing! This is so great!" And um, you know, and then you're sort of then the coronavirus hit, and we're watching as South by goes down, and you know, it's like watching this like slow train wreck <laughs> happening, and. Um, I I felt horrible for the South by Southwest filmmakers, and I you know I'm I'm friendly with a few of them, and I was talking to one of them, and she was basically like trying to prepare me for what might happen mm. if if you know Tribeca went down or whatever. <laughs> um, and and I mean it is really weird. You put all this you put all this work into this movie, and you you're, you know, I've never seen the film with more than five people in a room still. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's this very strange thing where, you know, we were working towards this, this deadline for Tribeca, you know, uh, and we were, it was cutting it pretty close as it was. And then we, you know, we weren't sure what their plan was. And then it was, it was, they were honestly really amazing. Like they, I think that they did, and I feel so lucky that we got in there because it was kind of one of the last film festivals, that had announced the filmmakers and was somehow beholden to them Hmm. you know Mm -hmm. so you know they told us it's we're doing the juried awards still you know uh we essentially had to turn in our film at the same time which was a challenge because we had been we had scheduled the last two weeks of post which was color and, and sound mix like Right up to the wire. So we had to do both of those remotely. Hmm. Um, and it's it's just a weird mental adjustment to make like you think you're preparing for a moment where you're sitting in an audience with hundreds of people, and then you are essentially like delivering it to like three lovely seeming jurors. <laughs> 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 and, you know, whoever, whoever is going to be watching it for press and and, and whatnot, which yeah. is all sort of up to your discretion depending on like how much you want to push the film. Um, so, you know, we were really, I'm really grateful. We were, I was awarded Best Screenplay and Steve won Best Actor, which is so well-deserved. He's just like incredible in the film and he really worked super hard on that role. Oh. Um, and so now we're in the process of um, you know getting the film out to buyers we're talking to a few people and you know it's a, it's a weird moment it's kind of nice that I'm not involved in that day to day but it's also it's it's just a very uncertain time you know and I think that the entire industry is freaking out and there's a lot of reshuffling going on within distribution companies in terms sure. of what their plans are so it's weird mm-hmm. it's definitely weird and no one knows what the right answers are you know Like I, I've been calling people being like, what do you think? And like the reality, and it's like people of all levels, you know, Mm -hmm. from like production assistants to people who are heading up major, uh, development and production and no one knows. Yeah. Yeah. I have some like terrifying predictions, but I'm not going to share them. I don't want to jinx the world with them.
0: Off okay, air, off air, you can <laughs> let me know. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, kind of in the same vein, but slightly more positive note. Uh, what's been keeping you sane creatively in quarantine? What kind of... Who says
1: I'm sane? You know, <laughs> yeah. Sane no, well. I actually, I. Th- it's funny. I actually think that this is... know it's definitely a bummer of a time and i I miss my friends i miss seeing them i miss i'm a very like touchy feely person i miss hugging my friends um but i will say and i've talked to a lot of other writers about this too if you're used to working at home i think it was really destabilizing for people who have nine to five jobs Mm -hmm. But there is like a, fami- it is like being, you know, stuck in a Sartre play that you're sort of, that you've kind of seen before. <laughs> Does that I, make sense? I, I love
0: that comparison. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um. So I, you know, I'm, there was, what's, what's strange to me is like I, after I finish a project, there's always that sort of like postpartum, like moment Mm -hmm. where you're like oh my god who am I without this project what's the next one what's going to happen and that was definitely intensified because you're like you know what's happening to the film industry you know yeah can I like when will I be able to get behind a camera again and it's like you're you know I've learned so much from this project and I'm so excited for the next one um so I've been now I've sort of like emerged from that little dark period and I'm I'm writing a couple of projects. I'm developing a couple of TV shows. Um, and, you know, I've, I've been getting meetings already off of the film, which is so funny. That's awesome. Uh, and I feel like I need, to, uh, yeah. And I, but Zoom is something I've never, ever done before this in my life. <laughs> uh, cool. That, yeah,
0: that all makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense with. Being familiar riding by yourself in your home—that that, that is—you're like, okay, I can I can keep doing that
1: right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's um, and it's you know, it's it's also interesting I think because these were the kinds of days like wh- the first few days into the quarantine, they reminded me of days where I you know I had been at home and not as productive as I wanted to be, and and like usually when I feel that way, I'll, like, make a bunch of plans and fill my days and, like, create structure. Yeah. And what I've sort of learned from this time is, like, we're all literally in the same boat. You know what I mean? Everyone is feeling the same way. And there is comfort in knowing that. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And it's also a reminder that there are so many people who feel the same way all the time, if that makes sense. Like, outside of a quarantine. We're always feeling like we're not productive enough. We're always, like you know, totally. having these feelings on a different level. So for me, that's actually been like a really liberating part of this experience. And I hope that I can hold on to that as I continue to move yeah. through a non-quarantined life.
0: <laughs> yes, the dream.
1: Um. I know. <laughs> we have to remember like how nice it is to hug a friend and like yeah, how grateful we need to be yeah. for that in the future. You know?
0: Yeah, I'm ready to hug. I know. <laughs>
1: i'm like i'll hug you
0: (laughs) (laughs) i love it um cool well we finish every interview with our three two one action lightning round so you can just answer in like a word or phrase that kind of comes to your mind
1: okay was good my dog just answered with a bark i don't know if you heard your dog is
0: ready and i love it yeah okay three uh, favorite or most influential film amadeus two, dream person you'd like to work with?
1: Tom Cruise. (laughs) Love it. One, best advice you've ever received? I actually think that like discouragement has been more important to me because it made me realize how important pursuing film was to me.
0: I love it. And Action, where can people follow you and your work on social media,
1: online? I'm trying to be better about Instagram, which is at Lady Anna Kerrigan.
0: Cool. Awesome. <laughs> and
1: where can people find info about cowboys? Um, I will, you know, I don't know. I mean, they can follow Instagram. Um, I'm going to be updating my website, which is www.annacarrigan.com. Um, and you can watch my previous short hot seat on Vimeo. Sweet. Yeah. Awesome cool oh it was nice to meet you
0: yeah it was so nice chatting with you thanks for joining us of course mm-hmm. you can find us at brighterlens.com and at a brighter lens on instagram and twitter you can email us at lens at gmail.com you can download the show wherever you listen to podcasts and on apple podcasts where we'd love it if you left us a review our theme song was composed by jesse nelson our logos were designed by meg cafferty our associate producer is elise welch A Brighter Lens was created by Jennifer Zollett and Larkin Bell.